0: This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Monday, July 25th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Matthew DeWaskin. Matt, how you doing?
1: Uh, I don't know how to answer that question.
0: Yeah? You're okay, at least?
1: I suppose, yes. I'm not... Yeah. yeah.
0: We are recording on Sunday morning uh, for Monday. To clarify, so the usual disclaimer of uh, if all this stuff changes on the next day, by the time the podcast, padca- yeah, pardon me, podcast comes out, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I got some scheduling going on. Um, that said, uh, Matt, Chris Sale, Chris Sale, we have, to, we have to get to this immediately. Just, and I told you, I'm just gonna let you go. So, Chris Sale, what you got?
1: Okay, first off, um. The, the rumor floating around, and again, this is all speculation, is that it, it wasn't the jerseys that set him off so much. Yes. Apparently, he, he's he been really pushing for a trade and was kind of annoyed that it didn't go through, and then he saw these stupid jerseys, and that's kind of, you know, kind of domino effect on him cutting up the jerseys and getting sent home. Mm-hmm. So, so far in... In Chris Sale's history at the White Sox, he's been confronting Royals players after an eight inning one one hit shutout. He's raged against Mike Trout after giving up a grand slam. Yes. He vocally supported having a thirteen year old in the locker room. Yes. And now he's cut up jerseys that he was supposed to wear because of a promo night. Mind yes. you, the, the fans were given uh, you know throwback jersey T shirts. Yes. And the White Sox were wearing a different jersey.
0: Yeah, they had to change which ones they were wearing, because he cut them up, apparently. Uh, I was talking to you when this happened, and that rumor started to come out on Twitter, and I was like, goodness, I hope this is true. It was was the kind of thing that was so outrageous, where you're like, that can't be true, can it? Nobody would make that up, would they? And it looks like that's what happened. I don't know. I was a bit surprised, because he seemed relatively mild-mannered as a player to me, but maybe it's just because I don't pay enough attention. You don't
1: pay enough attention. He is not mild-mannered at all. He is pretty high strung when it comes to, you know, crap like this.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's so we. I don't know. And you still love him. Still one of your favorite players, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I want him pitching for the White Sox unquestionably.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just so weird. I... Not only is it so weird, but I had a really good night on Twitter on Saturday for Twitter jokes. Let me tell you, all night. Do you I have don't know. A for it? No, they're all cutter jokes. They're all they're all cut jokes. They're all really corny. So I didn't I didn't have any that really stuck out to me. But I enjoyed them all. Was there any that stuck out to you?
1: Yeah, there's a, a radio personality in Chicago called by the name of Lawrence Holmes. Uh-huh. I don't remember his Twitter Twitter handle. I believe it's Ed, like Lawrence underscore Holmes, something like that. Anyway, he said that uh, all Chris Taylor has done is, is make it easy for thousands of Chicagoans to make a, a Halloween costume.
0: Yeah, uh, that is. I thought
1: is, that was pretty clever.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a take for this other than it's really weird, and I'm enjoying it immensely. And I also said that I hope that it's like the Drake Laroche thing, where more and more weird details come out for the I, like upcoming weeks, where I, I, you go, I, I, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's dead," and then like something else comes out, and you're like, "What?" Some more weird detail. I don't know.
1: I I'm really what I'm kind of excited for is the uh, uh, you know the the, ha- the half-ass denial that's, that's bound to come out of the White Sox.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't have a take here. I'm just enjoying it. I just I, I knew we had to talk about it. I don't have an opinion to weigh in with. I just it needed to be regarded on the show, and it's incredible. It's amazing.
1: My, I guess my it, hottest take is that you know where's the manager in all this.
0: Maybe he was there. Maybe he's the one that sent him home. We don't know. How, what would you give, like, rhetorically, to, like, be a fly on that wall in that clubhouse on Saturday? Uh, I, do you think it was, like, outrageous and chairs being thrown, or do you think it was just kind of like a, all right, get out of here?
1: I think it's closer to the chair. My, my My hope is closer to chairs being thrown than it's, than it's, all right, just go home.
0: Yeah, I don't, uh, I, it would have been a thing to see. I don't know. I, I did see a quote somebody, a, a source told told somebody that more players get home than you know about, like, way more. It's just they're usually not aces that'll end up to go that night, so you don't hear about it. Really? Uh, but, yeah. But, it, but most of this stuff doesn't get out, you know. And I can see that. I believe I'm, that.
1: Honestly, I'm surprised this got out. I mean, I, I guess, you know, since he was starting, I guess, you know, wouldn't you, like, make up something about the flu or, you know...
0: That's what it started as. It first started as scratch with the flu, and then it didn't take long to be like, nope, that's not what's going on.
1: I mean, that's that's what I, I would I would you know you know food poisoning would would be hitting my team constantly if if that was the case.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We we don't have to spend a lot more time on it. I just, I again, I don't have any take. It's just what a weird thing. But I'm sure it'll come up again on the show I'll as more hard things hard. come out. Yeah, and like I said, we're recording. Sunday morning. So if there's more news uh, coming out the the rest of the day before this drops on Monday, not our fault. We'll we'll be we'll we'll, we'll cover it all. Uh, Matt, you got anything else before we get into picks for Monday?
1: Lot of two home run games yesterday.
0: Okay. Yeah. Just a weird anomaly.
1: Yeah, they're like it seemed like they're like six or seven. It was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Saturday specifically. Yeah. yeah. Kind of weird. Well, um, alright, so yeah, we're recording Sunday morning, but we're gonna look at Monday, which has, let me count, 11 games in it. They're all evening games, though, so they all go together. Yeah. 11's a, a good number to have plenty to pick from, but, but not be overwhelmed. So, Matt, as usual, we start at Catcher. Uh, I have a lot of trouble at Catcher, personally. Uh, it, it's a tough position all the time. I have some names, but what were you thinking uh, at Catcher on Monday?
1: I'm going to start with Jason Kasher versus Michael Pineda, assuming he gets over his hand contusion. That's Kasher, mm-hmm. that is, not Pineda. Pineda's hands are fine.
0: Yeah, other than he doesn't pitch very well. No, well, um,
1: they're fine in a non-injured sense.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I on my first pass through of Names, I didn't have that, and then I realized how much trouble I was having at Casher, so I went back and I wrote him down. Um, but I think he'll be totally fine against you know a pitcher that struggles so much and the platoon advantage like that. Uh, is there anything about it you like other than did not being very good?
1: And Castro's actually been pretty, pretty, pretty good against righties this year.
0: Yeah, that's that's the skill he has. You know, can't can't really hit lefties, but can be competent against righties. Uh, I like that especially because I think the Astros can score some runs there. Um, who else are you thinking?
1: I have Cameron Rupp versus Jared Kozart.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I think Rupp prefers the lefties a little bit, but kozart has been so bad.
1: And a limited small sample size he's been really rough at the major league level. It's ready yeah. and ready. I'm I'm fine with you know, it's you know, representative major league catcher versus representative mediocre starting pitcher. Yep.
0: Yeah, no, I like that just fine. Um again I think the Phillies score some runs there. And uh rope's, you know, been pretty okay. Not great, pretty okay. So it has some pop. I'm fine with that. Do you like uh I wrote down Jonathan LeCroy getting... Braden Shipley. I have I we'll that. Guess. Ta- I think we'll be talking about this. Braden Shipley making his major league debut, uh, and, and we might talk about him more when we get to pitchers. But uh, in his debut, you, you ready to pick on him with some Brewers guys? Mm. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think Luke Roy hits righties just fine. So
1: uh, very well against righties, actually.
0: That was one of my favorite uh, catcher picks. Who else are you thinking of catcher?
1: Uh, the only other name I had was Wilson Contreras getting Miguel Gonzalez.
0: I wrote that, too. Um, I wrote that and Miguel Montero, whichever one gets in, because uh, the Cubs have been actually splitting time pretty okay. But um, Cubs catcher get Miguel Gonzalez. Are you excited for Cubs coming to coming over across town? No. No? Not not a good time for it? No, it's not. No. Uh, you going to watch? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good thing they're starting on Monday with Miguel Gonzalez to kick off that really important series. Uh, but yeah, any Cubs that you like uh, behind the plate. And probably elsewhere in the lineup, should be fine. Um, only other name I wrote because I was desperate was Stephen Vogt getting Martin Perez. He doesn't do well against lefties. I'm not sure he'll even start. Martin Perez is so bad, I could see it as a fade, just trying to pick somebody not obvious. Uh, it, it's It's not a great matchup for him, but Martin Perez is bad enough that... I, I could see it. Um, but that's just me trying to be contrarian and find another catcher name. Um, but I like the other four we had much more. Um, okay, on the first base, uh, who do you like at first base?
1: Okay, I'm starting with Chris Davis versus Jorge De La Rosa.
0: That's lefty on lefty. You're not worried about that, though?
1: Not really, no.
0: Yeah. I. That's the kind of thing, again, where in DFS I can go, yeah, that's going to scare people off. That You know, you're you're trying to be contrarian, and I don't think it's necessarily bad. Because Jorge de is bad, and it should be okay. So,
1: Davis does a lot of damage against lefties this season.
0: Yeah, he's certainly not inept against them, um, especially not ones that bad. So, yeah, I like that. Uh, who else do you like?
1: Paul Goldschmidt getting and Chase Anderson.
0: Okay, I didn't write it down, but I'm totally okay with it. I, I, I just don't pick Goldschmidt against righties a lot. Um, but I certainly don't have a problem with it at all. Okay. Uh. Our boy Chase Anderson continues to be not very good, uh, which is too bad. He's gone, like, only four innings and a bunch of starts in a row, and I don't know. It makes me sad. I want him to be better. He's going to pitch his way out of a rotation spot, but, yeah. Anyway, Goldschmidt should be totally fine.
1: Um, just Anderson's giving, you know, tw- I think 12 of his 18 home runs a lot of against righties. Mm-hmm. It's like a 300-point gap between his OPS against righties and OPS against lefties.
0: Yeah, it's it's not good.
1: No. Uh, Anthony Rizzo getting Miguel Gonzalez.
0: Yep, absolutely. Going to be a big day for him.
1: Uh, Kendrys Morales getting Hector Santiago.
0: I didn't write it, but I'm fine with it. You just like that uh, switch hitter against the lefty?
1: Uh, he's kept no piece over 900 against left-handed pitching. Santiago struggles with righties. Yeah. Morales will probably bat right-handed against him. Not hugely.
0: Yeah, I he, just had to, he started the season so slow, and I felt like... I wrote him off, and that's wrong because he's definitely turned things around. So,
1: Agreed. Next uh, up, Brandon Belt versus Anthony Desclafani.
0: Okay. Do you, is that liking Brandon Belt or picking on Desclafani?
1: Both, actually. Uh, Belt does damage against righties. Desclafani does poorly with lefties.
0: Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's a good matchup. It's in San Francisco, but that shouldn't hurt Brandon Belt too bad.
1: No, it really shouldn't. Uh, lastly, Joey Votto versus Jake Peavy.
0: I had that. Yeah, absolutely. PB's had real trouble with lefties, too, right?
1: A lot of trouble with lefties, yes. I think in OPS yeah. against over 860.
0: Yeah, so even though vado has been a little bit disappointing, that should be just fine. Uh, yeah, I wrote that. I did have that. Um, only two names I had that you didn't mention. Uh, Edwin and Encarnacion getting Colin Ray. Mm-hmm. Colin Ray's going to get beat up in Toronto, right? Probably, yes. I would think so. And uh, Edwin's going to be just fine. And then I wrote uh, Chris Carter getting Braden Shipley, just hoping that he can... Uh, it's righty on righty, but looking for the rookie to make mistakes in his debut, and I could see him making a mistake or hanging one or putting one where he shouldn't against Chris Carter and him making him pay for it. So uh, that that's just a hunch. That's a that's a guy in his first start going against the guy that pounds mistakes. Um, I that's that's anecdotal. I don't have any data to back that up. I just kind of have a good feeling about that. Okay, I had three names at second base. I'm hoping you can help me out here a little bit. Um, I have Jonathan Scope getting Jorge De La Rosa. Okay. should be fine, right?
1: suppose.
0: Okay. Not that excited. I have Devin Travis getting Colin Ray. Do you like that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. And then I have Derek Dietrich getting Jeremy Hellickson. And I like Jeremy Hellickson, actually, but uh, I, I like uh, the affordable left-handed hitter um, getting him. Uh, I, I just I think the platoon of is going to work okay there, but... We'll talk more about Helixson later. And then, yeah, and then after that, I felt like I was reaching a little bit, um, or at least somebody that was real exciting to me. Who do you like at second base?
1: Okay, Jose Altuve versus Michael Pineda.
0: Okay, righty on righty, but doesn't matter.
1: does not matter with Pineda, no. He's equally, just about equally bad against both sides. Okay. Uh, Ruben Odor versus Daniel Mingdon.
0: Um, I like that. I was so surprised. I, I almost wrote it down, and then I was like, I didn't realize... I, how much trouble Odor is having getting on base this year? He's just not drawn any walks or something. Or I thought I saw some crazy stat that was like... So you've heard that Jacoby Ellsbury is working on the, like, catcher interference record? Have you heard this? No. Okay. So Jacoby Ellsbury's always been really good at, apparently, if you think of it as a skill, he's been really good at getting on base via catcher interference. And I'm pretty sure he already tied the record for catcher interference in a season, and he's like 7 away or 10 away or something in a career behind the full-time record, the career record, which is Pete Rose. It's such a weird anomaly, but apparently it's something that Jacoby Ellsbury manages. Um, Anyway, the crazy stat I saw was that his catcher interference percentage, percentage of times he steps up to the plate and gets that, was higher than Rugnador's walk percentage this year. Uh, the Rudinador is just playing not drawing walks this year, uh, which is crazy, and I don't n- know what's going on there, because he's still a productive player, and I still like him. I didn't write him down, because I realized that. Uh, maybe I'm soured on him a little bit. He can still hit, and I think he can still hit Daniel Mangdon. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a weird little stat, uh, that I thought deserved mentioning. Um, and I have to confirm that, because I saw it like a week or two ago. Um, but yeah. Uh, I like Odor fine, and it's just that, what, Mengden has been falling apart pretty bad.
1: It's lefty and righty. Uh-huh. Uh, believe it or not, Odor has 13, of his 18 home runs against right-handed pitching this season. Uh-huh. Mengden, right-handed. Yes. Struggles with, struggles with lefties.
0: Yep, I'm totally fine with that, for sure.
1: Okay. Next on my list, or down, my, I've got a cheap play for you. Okay. Daniel Discalso versus Giovanni Gallardo.
0: Okay, yeah, the the Rockies keep finding ways to get Descalso in, yeah. and he had such a bad reputation as a Cardinal in the playoffs, and just you know being kind of a black hole in their their lineup. Mm. But uh, I'm fine with it in terms of being in the Rockies lineup. He's been a little bit better. Mm. Not not exciting, but usable.
1: I think so. And he's also left-handed, getting Giovanni, oh. y- who shows, shows a bit with lefties this season.
0: Yeah, are we uh, are we being joined by your dog or the neighbor's dog again?
1: Mine. I don't know what she's barking at.
0: <laughs> Last time, I thought it was yours, and it turned out to be the neighbor's, oh. uh, which is funny. Um, any other second baseman for you?
1: Uh, that's it.
0: All right. What are you thinking at third base?
1: Okay, third base starting with Josh Johnson versus Colin Ray.
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: Danny Valencia versus Martin Perez.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I think we'll be picking some A's against uh, Martin.
1: Chris Bryant versus Miguel Gonzalez.
0: Uh, sure. No reason not to like that.
1: Luis Valbuena versus Michael Pineda? Uh,
0: yeah. I, I didn't write it down, and I had no reason not to, because that's a pretty good matchup for him.
1: And one, Chesler Cuthbert versus Hector Santiago.
0: All right. What do you like about Chesler Cuthbert?
1: Uh, I like that he's right-handed, getting lefty. Yeah. And I like that he currently has an eight-eight-four OPS against lefties with three of his nine home runs coming against them in a very limited sample size.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's pretty good, though. That's that's a, you know, it's a name that not many people are going to go with. Uh, a rare, unpopular royal. But if he gets in there, I don't see why not Hector Santiago has had his issues, sadly. Because I like him at times, but but I, I think he's an exploitable guy in the right matchup, for sure. So, um, yeah, I like that. How about, uh, I wrote him at third base, but you might have him at shortstop. Manny Machado against yeah. Jorge de la Rosa. You know... So, we gotta pick one?
1: No, no. It's the, if, you're, if you're gonna, like, you know, get on my case for picking him at third base.
0: I n- I'm i not get getting on your case base. about it. You did too! I, I, I did that one time. I did. Was, I wasn't, yeah, like, upset was, about it. I just. I believe yeah. it
1: was like three shows in a row in which she got, like, increasingly annoyed with me.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if annoyed's the right word, but I like that it's come back. Uh. But you like him at shortstop or third base, Manny Machado? Yes. Wherever he fits in. Uh, Nolan Arenado at Giovanni Gallardo?
1: I'm okay with it. Yeah.
0: It's getting a righty and he prefers lefties. And it's away from cores instead of at home. So it's like the the opposite of the ideal situation for Nolan Arenado. Part of me is just like, it's Giovanni Gallardo and he's so bad. Uh, I'm kind of okay with just the, the good hitter against the bad pitcher there. Um. But you're going to pay for it, and it might not be full value. But I could still see him having a big day.
1: So, you know, uh, Garato has seven home runs allowed this season. Guess how many have come to righties?
0: Uh, two. One. Okay. So he, in his badness, still handled righties okay?
1: I wouldn't say that, no.
0: <laughs> kept, bad. It, kept it in the park against righties, at least so far? Apparently, yes. Yeah. Okay. So maybe not dingers from Arenado. Again, I don't think it's ideal situation for him at all. You might not get the full value of what you're paying, but um, I just like it's not going to shock me if he has a good day there with most of the Rockies. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then my last name I wrote Jake Lamb getting Chase Anderson. Uh, I I think that's a pretty good matchup for him. You're you're a little bit worried that uh, Chase Anderson can handle the lefties though.
1: I'm not worried. I know he can handle the lefties. Okay,
0: all right. I I believe in Jake Lamb, but I I again I see. As much as Chase Anderson has struggled, it might not be an ideal matchup for Jake Lamb there. But I have my eye on it. Um, yeah, and that does it for me at third base. On the shortstop, I had five names. How'd you do, Matt?
1: Uh, five, but I guarantee they're not the same.
0: Okay. Uh, how about? So you're not big on righties, so you're gonna think twice about Trevor Story getting Yovani Gallardo. I'd
1: be okay with it. Yeah. You're gonna pay things the nose for it. It's not like it's not the ideal. Yeah. Option.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, how about Troy Tulowitzki getting Colin Ray? He's been better.
1: I'm, slightly okay. I'm more okay with that than Trevor Story versus Giovanni.
0: Troy Tulewitzki showing signs of life. Showing, oh yeah, I just remembered on Troy Tulewitzki. I'm really talented. Interesting there. Uh, I, I, I'm i coming around on him a little bit. Um, Carlos Correa getting Michael Pineda Should we just find two?
1: I like that a lot, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I could, you know, like you said, uh, there, there's not really a... A weakness to exploit specifically with uh, Pineda, other than he's overall kind of weak, so should be okay. Two more names: Marcus Semyon getting Martín Pérez, all all day, every day for you.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You and my last one. I wonder if I'm taking this from you. Uh, Didi Gregorius getting Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it down. It's he's been great against lefties. He's been overall impressively good. Uh, OPS in the high 800s against lefties this year. Uh, and it's Dallas Keuchel, and it's sad for us to pick against Dallas Keuchel, but it's become a pitcher that you can go against. And, yeah, it's so weird. I This is the first time I've ever actually like felt good about a Didi Gregorius pick. <laughs> and it is. It's usually been like, yeah, you can if you want. And now I'm like, this is a good matchup for him, at least on paper right now. Uh, so I, I would consider Didi. Um, Who do you have at shortstop that I did not mention?
1: Uh, Brandon Crawford versus Anthony Isofani.
0: I didn't write it down. I don't really have a reason to, or a reason not to have. Uh, I could see that, especially if you're after that uh, click-in weakness for De Sclefani. I think that'd be just fine. Um, any others for you? No, that's it. Okay. There's places to go at shortstop. Um, okay. Then Matt, who who are you thinking about in the outfield?
1: Okay, Mark Trumbo versus Jorge De La Rosa.
0: Absolutely. Mr. 30 home runs already, Mark Trumbo. Yeah, really. Uh,
1: Charlie, uh, Charlie Blackman and... Carlos Gonzalez versus Giovanni Gallardo.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot.
1: Uh, Ryan Braun versus Braden Shipley.
0: Okay, I didn't have it down, but if I believe in uh, if I believe in Chris Carter, I you know I, I have to believe in Ryan Braun. I also, didn't mention Jonathan VR, but I'm sure he'll be fine as well.
1: I wrote it down. I didn't say it. I, it's it's. I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I, the VR is becoming one of those can trust against most people guys. So
1: yeah. yeah. Seems a lot. Christian uh, Yelich versus Jeremy Hellickson.
0: Yep, I'm willing to take lefties against Hellickson.
1: Absolutely. Ordobal Herrera versus Jared Kozart.
0: I wrote Phillies outfield. I think Jared Kozart's been bad enough. We'll take most of them, but Herrera is the best one, easily.
1: Easily. No more Mazar versus Daniel Mengden.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that.
1: Chris Davis with a cave and Jake Smolinski versus Martin Perez.
0: Your boy Jake Smolinski doing his job so far.
1: He keeps hitting homers against lefties.
0: That's what, he has his job, and he's doing it. So, yeah, gets a lefty, a, a mediocre lefty in Perez. I Thumbs up from me. That's a green light, I feel like. So, especially in Texas.
1: Okay, Dexter Fowler versus Miguel Gonzalez.
0: Yeah, uh, getting the leadoff guy in what could be a big game. So uh, I'm all over that.
1: You also get the White Sox bullpen.
0: <laughs> yes, you do, which is, Carlos,
1: yeah. Carlos Beltran versus Dallas Keuchel.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Jay Bruce and Adam DeVall versus Jake Peavy.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you like Bruce more there, given the platoon thingy? Doesn't,
1: against Peavy doesn't really matter.
0: No, just whichever. Okay.
1: Pretty much, yes. Uh, on to some of the cheaper options I've written down, I have uh, Brett Eibner versus Hector Santiago.
0: Okay, what do you like about Brett Eibner?
1: He's right-handed, and he seems to mash on lefties a bit.
0: That That's enough for me against Hector Santiago.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Jarrett Parker versus Anthony Discofani.
0: Okay. Anything specific there?
1: He's left-handed and tends to mash on righties. Yeah, okay. Uh, Brandon the Fury Drury versus Chase Anderson.
0: Yeah, he's worked his way back in the lineup and play in most days. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm back on there.
1: I wrote down Michael Sanders versus Colin Ray, but I don't really believe in it.
0: And Why not?
1: Ray's got the weird reverse platoon split where he struggles more with righties than he does with the lefties. But he's not great against lefties either.
0: Yeah. I, I still think he's going to have a bad day going from San Diego to Toronto.
1: I would I would imagine so, too. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, is that it in the outfield for you? Yeah. I had one last name for you. Uh, your boy Preston Tucker is back. <clears throat> and not only is your boy Preston Tucker back playing DH in some outfield, he gets uh, Michael Pineda, and his only job is to hit righties. So uh, I, I could see, you know, kind of taking a quiet, unpopular guy in a matchup. In a stack that could do well, I think Preston Talker is uh, totally an option as well. Okay, so
1: Fair enough. I like it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Also, I had another question. Back to the Chris Sales stuff, but it popped in my head. Yeah. If you get scratched for something like this, do you come back like your next turn in the rotation, or yes. do you don't? You think getting scratched is very much a you you miss five games? They couldn't just oh. on Monday, like because there's because they're starting Miguel Gonzalez on on Monday. You know, and, you know, you don't... Who knows? There's a lot to figure out, especially in this weird case. But couldn't you see them just being like, all right, we're over at pitch today? Or do you think the routine is too weird?
1: I, I wouldn't be laying out any throwback jerseys, but... No. I don't... And I don't see why he wouldn't be back on Sunday.
0: Right. Well, I'm just like, yeah, is, is he, you know, Quintana's scheduled to start on Sunday, you know, and... I don't know. I feel like once you had squashed it, who knows? This thing is so weird. It's tough to watch guys like Miguel Gonzalez go when you're like Chris Hale's fine and rested. It's just and then there's a the whole extra big angle about like him being on the trading block. It just makes it even weirder. I'm, I'm excited to see it unfold. Anyway, sorry, not to not to get back into it. Um, so for pitchers on Monday, top of the slate, the first game of the day. Justin Verlander going to Fenway opposite Drew Pomeranz. These are two good pitchers and uh, just two good offenses that kind of make it tough. Even though Drew Pomeranz, you know, is left-handed and Tigers are so right-handed, we didn't pick any Tigers. What are you thinking there in terms of trying to pick these pitchers? Are you considering either of them?
1: This is Honestly, this is a tough one for me to kind of break down just because Verlander doesn't really have a platoon split. Mm-hmm. Although I really like the Boston offense. I really wasn't sure where to go with it.
0: Yeah. I I think he's an option only in, like, a GPP where you want to be cute and hope that he has a good outing. But, you know, if you, it depends on your style of DFS. If you're just like, oh, I play $2 games and I just want to, like, build a lineup and try it out, you know, I'm fine with just trying a Verlander thing because it's not going to shock me if he has no okay K-Day, but I wouldn't, like, put all my eggs in that basket if that makes sense.
1: Hmm. And Pomerantz, I'm a, I feel like I should be more concerned about him than I am, just because it is against the Tigers and they are so right-handed. Mm-hmm. But they don't really handle lefties that well for a righty-heavy lineup.
0: No, yeah, led by Miguel Cabrera, who has really struggled with lefties by, this year.
1: Yeah, sub 700 OPS against against lefties this season. Yeah, uh, the, the only Tiger I really considered was Ian Kinsler, but I thought there were other better options. Yeah. In the second.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know, Pomeranzas' first start with Boston didn't go great. I think we both kind of trust him, you know, a bit more than some people, though. So, uh, yeah, I think Pomeranz and Verlander are both... They both have upside. That's the best thing I can say. Not that I think that they're, like, safe bets, you know? Just that they could easily return on their points. They could easily not. But uh, there's some guys you look at where I'm just like, no, it's going to be hard for you'd actually get anywhere near a ceiling. But I think they both could do something, but it's tricky. Um, all right, moving on to some safer ones. Uh, Aaron Sanchez at home against the Padres all day. Fine with that.
1: Yeah, Aaron Sanchez is going to be as that up like The Red Sox, or the Orioles for the 500th time.
0: Yeah, he gets to the Padres, and they're coming to him, and you know they don't have any real scary lefties, which is his issue. He's going to be fine there. I, I like Aaron Sanchez all day. How about Carlos Martinez going to the Mets? Also fine with that.
1: The, the only guy that really scares me there, I guess we might prefer to the lefty.
0: Yeah, but not enough for me to not take him. No, no. Yeah. no. You know who's scary for Carlos Martinez? is Noah Syndergaard, because that's always opposite, and Noah Syndergaard might, you know, shut him down, shut down the, the Cardinals. Uh, and, and I don't know if there's any analysis when you use these guys like Syndergaard or, or any of the, the true aces where you're like, yeah, if you can afford it and you want to pay for it, go for it because he has a crazy ceiling and should be okay. But you're going to have to build your whole lineup around it. I don't know. Is there any hesitation for you with Syndergaard against the Cardinals?
1: No, not really. Yeah, then I can...
0: yeah it's going to cost you everything, but you can build a, a lineup around it. Um, how about Jeremy Hellickson going to Miami? Last time out, you picked him for the Field of Streams contest. So I talked you into it. And he went eight innings, one run, eight strikeouts. That so was at home against Miami. Now he's going on the road to Miami to get him again. Uh, green Light? Gonna be just fine. I think so. Yeah. I don't also know that. I don't know they'll necessarily go eight innings, one run again, but he's proven that he can handle that lineup. So.
1: Uh, also, he's going against Jared Kozart, So not only does he some upside, you're also wind hunting.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's totally fine. Um, after that, uh, Jake Arrieta getting the White Sox. Same with Thor. Same with Syndergaard. No hesitation, right? Pretty much, yes. He's been a little colder lately, but he's still crazy talented. I think that's fine. Um, and then the last name I wrote down is Braden Shipley getting the Brewers, and here's what's interesting about it, is that the Brewers strike out a ton. I think they're still number one in the league in strikeouts. Uh, that's enough to make anybody against them a little interesting, but Shipley wasn't exactly tearing up the minors in terms of strikeouts. He's an interesting prospect, could have a good career ahead of him, but not a huge strikeout guy. So it's not like he's gonna get this matchup and strike out ten. Um, and we also usually feel with these guys in their debuts that the leash isn't that long. You know, s- six innings is probably about the ceiling. Would you guess?
1: Yeah. The thing with Shipley is that he didn't start pitching until college. Yeah. Like as a start, like I, I don't know, I don't know if he throws a reliever in high school, but I'm 100 I'm percent certain that he, he didn't start at least until college. Yeah. So I, I could definitely see there being a, a, a short leash on him because he doesn't have as many endings under his belt as most guys do at this point in their career.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the the thing with guys making their debuts. Aside from wondering how they're going to do, I just don't feel they're going to go that deep. So the ceiling isn't that high. So can you take Shipley going to Milwaukee? Like, you can, and we could see him getting the run support. But if he gets five innings, you got to be happy with it because... It's not going to go a lot deeper than that. So don't know that Shipley will win your slate for you, but uh, it could be a usable guy. You know, he's got to be cheap though, and you got to really hit on your, with your batters. So, um, are there any other pictures for you that you were thinking about?
1: Kind of intrigued by Ian Kennedy.
0: Yeah, um, the only thing for me, and I brought this up on the Friday show, is that the Angels don't strike out, which is crazy. Uh, the opposite of the Brewers, they are last in the league in strikeouts as, as a as a team for on, in the batting side, um, which really surprised me because they're such a not a, a very strong offense. Uh, but they they don't whiff, uh, they don't strike out. So the upside is a little bit limited. I said that on Friday when we were talking about uh, Lance McCullers going against them. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And Lance McCullers struck out like 10 of them. So, yeah. who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. Um, but just that that's the thing. That as a team, they don't strike out that much. So, I would think twice. But I wouldn't stay away from it. Because um, they're kind of like the Giants in that they, they might not strike out much. But they still don't. Maybe more like the Royals. They don't scare me as an offense. Uh, so, you can still pick against them. It's just... Keep in mind that when you're looking for a big ceiling, um, but I, w- I was wrong on Friday with McCullers, so uh, it's an option. Kennedy should be fine there. Um, and how
1: do we feel about Dallas
0: Not good. Like yeah. I, he was good against the Yankees in the past, but he was good against most people in the past. He's been four-seven-zero ERA. It's better than it was. Are you thinking uh-huh. he might be turning around a little bit?
1: You no, know, he he has four consecutive quality starts. They've come against Oakland, Oakland, Seattle, Los Angeles.
0: Uh, I count six consecutive ones because uh on the twenty oh, fourth. I lied. I
1: apologize. I apologize. Yeah, I I saw technically, the Technically,
0: if you want to yeah. go by quality starts, which is as we know such a great for, metric for,
1: for. Yeah, Kansas City and Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, um, you know what? That's a big deal just for him, just because he had been so bad. He's cut his ERA down to four seven zero, but. He does go deeper in the games, um, looking a little bit better. Not ace-like, but better. Yeah, you can consider it because, I mean, I'm looking at the 10-game log, and 10 games ago it was 5.58 ERA, so he's working on bringing it down. Yeah, I I think that's enough to make him an option, but my expectations are not high. He does have the ceiling of at least going deeper in the game, which he typically does. He's going at least six innings, uh, going back, looks like six starts. Um, He goes deep but also doesn't strike out enough guys to have a, a real big ceiling. I don't know. Uh, yeah, especially with the Astros facing Pineda, I could see him as an option for sure. So, um, Any other pitchers for you? No. Okay. Um, as for the Field of Streams contest, uh, the only three I saw that seemed at all interesting uh, ceilings-wise were Braden Shipley, Hector Santiago, who we're not pumped about, and then Jeremy Hellickson is still only 33%. And I know I talked to him last time, and he was awesome, and he gets the same team again. So I'm going to go Helix in. Uh, 33% is too low. Is that the obvious pick for you on this day?
1: I really wanted to say Shipley. I was hoping you would do it so I wouldn't have to. Uh,
0: again, the Brewers strike out so much, there's some K's to get there. And we're not as worried about going deep in the games with uh, this season long contest.
1: All right, I'll, I'll roll the dice and Shipley.
0: Okay. Uh, I, I I hope that I talked you in the Helixon for his good start, and then I'm going to chase him for a bad start against the same team. That would just be that would be so fun. Oh boy, if they flip flopped like that. Okay, Matt, that should about do it for us for Monday. Do you have anything else to add before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, I, I found I found a quote from Robin Ventura and Chris Sale.
0: Oh yeah, from today, from Sunday.
1: Uh, from last Saturday, last night.
0: Okay. Uh, what did Robert, your boy Robin, say?
1: I'm not going to discuss what went on in there.
0: <laughs> that's the quote.
1: But it's unfort but it's unfortunate he didn't start tonight, and I'm proud of the guys that came in and filled in.
0: That's that's is that the most Robin quote you've ever heard?
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Just doesn't say anything really at all. No, and so could I mean, be worse, I suppose. But... Honestly,
1: you saw the the game was suspended. Yeah, wouldn't you? Put Chris Sale in there?
0: Yes. Again, it's going to be interesting when he comes back. Does this affect him being traded? Do they. Who knows? I don't know.
1: I mean, he, he's still, like, eligible to pitch, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, he's, he's team suspended. He's not league suspended. He's fine. No,
1: he's not even suspended. He was just sent home. It's not a suspension.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm kind of worried because we're recording on Sunday that all this extra stuff's going to come out before Monday and we're going to look silly. But this is us, uh, I'm trying, trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, we're recording early because I'm going up to Seattle and spend a few days up there. Um, but we'll still be recording. Uh, recording is going to be fun because I'm visiting my aunts who apparently live in the 20th century and don't have internet. Uh, but we're we're going to find some ways around it. We will have another episode back for Tuesday, for sure. Yeah, we will. Um, Matt, you got anything else before we get ready for the week?
1: No, I think I'm good. I think we're good.
0: Okay. Uh Matt is on Twitter at Matt D underscore DFS. He would love to hear your Chris Sale hot takes and puns and jokes. I'm on Twitter at Higgins I also like the Chris Sale jokes. Uh this is this is good. Our second ridiculous White Sox story of the season. We are spoiled at this show. All right.
1: Who like the most ridiculous stories ever in the, the like you know in a while? Than, less than four months
0: apart. In a while, yeah, and, and with the same team. It's been good um all right for matt i'm dylan thanks for listening uh we'll be back tomorrow good luck with your picks and we'll talk to you then
1: enjoy your baseball thank you for listening to the field of streams podcast for more fantasy baseball analysis visit fangraphs.com fantasy or follow us on twitter at rotographs